Welcome to God's Pathway to Life for You. I'm your host, Dave. Today we're going to be talking about Romans chapter 12, up next. Hello, Pathwalkers. Thank you for returning to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Romans chapter 12, but before I get started, I want to start with my prayer for understanding. Father, please hear my prayer for my listeners. Please bless them with the understanding of your word, that they hear your quiet, still voice hidden in your word. Your word becomes alive to them in a way that they understand. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, podcasters and pathwalkers. How you guys doing? I know you guys like tuning in to the podcast. So uh, today we're going to be talking about Romans chapter 12. And uh, like I said, uh, we just got done talking about Romans chapter 11. And how uh, Christ has made a way for the Jewish nation to be right with him again. It's only till the age of the Gentiles is complete. When the last Christian makes a statement of faith, then that's when the church age is over. And God's going to pull the church up out of the timeline. And the timeline's going to slap back together. And God's going to take Israel off the shelf and start dealing with her again. So isn't that great to know that once you join God's family, he doesn't... You know, it doesn't actually throw you out. You're always, you're in. You can never do something that's going to throw you out of God's love. And that's so amazing. So now that you know that you're never going to be thrown away, that God's never going to cast you out for anything that you do, but as a Christian, you do fall sometimes into sin, and then you have to pick yourself up, you have to clean yourself up, dust yourself off, ask God for forgiveness, and keep on on your continuing walk towards perfection. Because there, if there's no plateau there's no resting stop there's always a forward or a backwards motion and that's that's just the way it is with life you know life there's no place to stop and take a break we're always having to deal with the problems every day you know sometimes we may find a little bit of time to get away from it but it always there waiting for us when we get done with our break time but that's life you know and so as we go through life, we're going to have difficulties, and but with as being a Christian, difficulties are easy to bear because we're we have a, a someone to help carry the load with us. Now it's so amazing being a Christian, and giving your life over to Christ is it's a, a daily thing. It's not just make that one statement of faith, and you're good to go. It's every day you have to deny yourself, and denying yourself and self restraint is one of the most difficult things I've ever done. I'm telling you, it's very hard and very difficult because I'm the one in control here. I'm the one that's driving this body. I'm the one picking and choosing of the things that I put in my life. And see, that's what I'm saying. Your discipline and self-control is the number one thing a Christian has to has to maintain. That's one thing that you're going to have to master, your self-control, your self-discipline, and uh, keep yourself from doing the things you shouldn't be doing. It's very hard because you're the one in control. There's no one watching you. You're a full-grown adult. You have complete control of your life. You're the one that's building the future. That you know, however old you are now. See, I'm like, uh, I'm about 49. Okay, I learned a lesson a long time ago when I was uh, younger. I partied. I did a lot of drinking and alcohol and stuff like that, and I got in trouble with the law and. I quit all that, and then when I got older, the the 24 to 25-year-old me had to deal with the consequences of the 18-year-old me, what I created when I was younger, all the running from the law and all that. Well, when I got older and I got in my 20s, my late 20s, I had to deal with it. I had to go to court. I had to pay the fines. I had to do the things, the community service. So, you know, even though my 18-year-old self got away with all that, 
my 26-year-old self paid for it. And so that's what we're trying to do here at this podcast. I'm trying to show you that if you start today and you start living your life now, you can better your life, not today. I mean, that's not going to happen instantaneously, but the 23-year-old of yourself, the 24-year-old of yourself, the 25, the 45-year-old of yourself, the 50-year-old of yourself down the road, that will be a better person. That person will have it easy. They'll have their life won't be as burdened as your life is today because it's going to take time to get there. But it's each day that you take on You take each day as it comes. Don't look at the whole long road of it. Take each hour, each minute as it comes. And just try to conform your life to the Word of God. Restrain yourself. Discipline yourself. Read your Word. Take it in every day. Because if you read it every day, then you look back. You read it for a month. You read it for three months. You read it for a year. You know, That's what I'm saying. It's a time thing. And the more you put it in each day of your life, the more you build on it for the next day. And then you'll be thankful when you're that older person, not today's older per, not today's person, but the to future older person that you're going to be. You'll you, it'd be a blessing for that. <clears throat> so that's what I've learned, and so that's what I'm trying to do. Is I'm trying to create the David's fifty uh, year old, fifty one year old, fifty two, fifty three. When I hit those ages, I will be more Christ like than I am today, and my life will be more blessed than it is today and i won't be working as hard as i am today it it, you know it's amazing what you could do if you put invest your time into it and that's what i'm saying you have to invest some time in it you have to read your bible you have to discipline yourself you have to self-restrain but if you stick to it time is continuous it never stops it's always flowing so eventually if you do these things you'll look back you'll have a, a bucket of time of doing these things it's amazing it's amazing so okay i kind of went a little off subject there but that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get you to take the word of god and prayer and love and forgiveness and put it in your life every day every hour every day and then next thing you know you have a week's worth of a christian living and next thing you have you have a month worth of christian living and when you start doing these things, God will come into your life because sin is what keeps God apart from us. And if we remove sin and start living a Christian life and bring this fertile ground to God, God will come in and plant these seeds in, li- in our life and these flowers will bloom and opportunities will come and it's amazing and it's beautiful. But if we don't do anything and just go along with the world system and keep our head on the ground, God's never going to come into our life. He's never going to paint pictures. It's never going to be beautiful, you know. And so if, you, if you're interested and you are tired of living that boring, mundane life, you know, this is the podcast for you because this podcast will change your life. Because, you know, a lot of Christians, they, they're, you know, they don't believe, they believe their Bible. But I think their, their belief in their Bible is real rigid. It's real square. It's within a box, you know. I don't believe that way. I don't believe in a box. My God has no limitations whatsoever. My God has no boundaries. My God is boundless. My God is limitless. He can do anything he wishes, anything he wills to. He is a holy being. He is so holy that when he instituted a law, the Ten Commandments, he found a way for humanity 
to come around that law to be with him because there's no other way. He cannot break his laws. He cannot take a law away. A law is a law in God's world, in God's life, in God's existence. Law is law, and it's never removed. And that's why the Ten Commandments was given to man to show that man is a sinful beast, a sinful animal. And, and, and the lost people, in my perspective, lost people are animalistic. They're untrained human beings, animals. And that's why they act that way. That's why they treat you that way. That's why they have no remorse. That's why they have no compassion. That's why they treat you that way. The Bible is given to mankind to take this untrained, unruly animal into man humanity, to mankind, to what children of God, to be a human. It's to someone to have self-restraint, self-discipline, self-control, and a God to look up to. Because without a God, without without that, you're lost. You'll 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 come up with your own way. But see, because God is a holy being and holy and holy as can be, He has the ultimate right way. He knows the right way, and that's why He gave the Bible to mankind. And 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 on top of that, I mean, He had to give mankind a savior. And he looked through the timeline, and he looked up and down the timeline. He saw these Jewish people, and he picked them, because not because they were holy or they were righteous. No, because they was the fewest in number. They were the fewest in number when he looked across humanity and time and space. He saw the Jewish people and said, wow, those are the fewest number of, of that race. I'm going to use those people. And he took those people and he brought a Messiah out of, out, of, out of them. That way they would have salvation, but they chose to deny that. And when they denied that salvation to God's Son, that, that denial opened salvation to mankind, to us, to Gentiles, you and me, who's listening to it now that's not a Jew. See, that opened the door for heaven. So God even God put a law in place, and then he found a way for humans to go around that law to be with him. See, that's what I'm saying. God is just. God is law. The law is written on our hearts. And when you're free from the law, you're in the law of love. And you love every single person that runs across your life. Love them. Because if you don't love them, then you're holding wrath back. You're holding love back. And whatever you hold back here on the earth, God will hold back from you in heaven. Whatever you loosen here on earth is what you'll loosen in heaven. So if you love everybody and you give them with your open heart then God will give you with an open heart when you die and you stand before him. You see how this works? Whatever you put out is what you're going to get back in. So if you're putting out hate, anger, animosity, control, manipulation, I feel very sorry for you because you're going to get that back, but you're going to get, a big, get that back like a thousand times more. You know, that's why I said the, the, the vengeance is the Lord because there's no way whatever I can do to you, it's only minimum. It's temporary. But whatever God can punish you with is eternal. That's why they say that, because God's punishment is eternal. It never goes away. Whatever you could do, you can punch him, that bruise will go away. The bleeding will stop. The broken nose will heal. But what God punishments on them is eternal. Remember that when they do you wrong. And see, we're going to read about this. It's all, of this. all of this is coming up in chapter 12. I know I kind of went off, but, you know, this is all needs to be said. You know, I'm telling you. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying to you. There's no way I would lie to you because I, I love every single one of you. I've never met you in my entire life, but I love you. I love you enough to tell you the straight-up truth. 
And that's the truth. You know, you have to have God in your life. You have to conform your life to the Word of God. If you don't, you'll die. That's plain and simple. And you're choosing today, each day, who you serve, Satan or God. And you're choosing each day where you're going to go, to heaven or hell. When you choose to do the righteous things, you give God building materials manifest in heaven for him to produce your mansion, for him to produce your heaven, for him to produce things for you in heaven. You know, that's what you're, when you do righteous things on earth, you produce manufactured building materials for Christ to work with. You know, I, I don't know if I told you the story about when they give that guy a tour of heaven and they take him up there and there's these big, huge mansions and big golden castles and mansions and everything and it's right in the center of heaven and everything like that. And he's showing them all these big, huge houses and they say, okay, you ready to go see your house? And he's like, yeah, man, let's go see my house. These houses are awesome. And so they take him out there and they start driving. And they're driving, and then the center of town starts getting smaller and smaller as they get further away. And then they finally pull up to this little shack of a house. And they said, okay, man, here's your house. And he's like, well, well why does my house look like that? All these other houses are gold and mansions and stuff. And I got this little ramshackle. They said, we could only work with it, what you sent up. So that's what I'm saying, you know. What you do in life, you're, you're preparing your heaven, just like you're preparing your 56, your 57, your 58-year-old life for a better life. You're preparing your eternity for a better eternity. Now, if that sounds great to you and you want to be a part of that, let's dive in in chapter 12 and find out what God's trying to tell us in his word and see what path is lies before us and how do we get there. Okay, so I've said all that, so let's get into Romans chapter 12. Verse 1, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you offer your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So there, in our first verse, he tells us that we got to be, that's that removing sin, hatred, anger, and animosity, and providing a fertile ground for God to put these seeds of opportunity in your life, like flowers, like a flower bed. And not to be conformed to this world, but ye be transferred by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect, the will of God. Okay, be not conformed to this world means don't take in the worldly system. Don't do what the worldly people do. Don't do what the lost people do. You're supposed to be set apart from the lost. You're not supposed to be doing the same things that your lost friends are doing. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means read your Bible. The Bible is a holy word. It's a, it washes your mind. And if you read the Bible, it washes all that crap out of your head. And eventually when you get all that crap out of your head, you got a clean brain. So read your Bible, get that crap out of your head. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Because you read your Bible. You know how to be good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know how what he, you know what he's requiring of you because you have renewed your mind by reading your Bible. You see how easy this is to read the Bible? For I say, through grace give to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly according to as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. He says, don't be all puffed up. 
Don't puff up your chest because you're a Christian. Oh, I'm righteous and I'm a Christian and I got no sin in my life and I'm perfect and I wear white. You know, that's not the point of being a Christian. We're, the point of being a Christian is you, you see your sin in its grotesque state. You know, because God sees sin in a grotesque state like leprosy. You know, you know what leprosy looks like. It's, it's ugly. Well, that's how God sees sin, and that's how we as Christians need to see sin. So, you know, when he says that he gives every man that measure among you, say, not to be thinking, don't puff up your chest, and according as God has dealt every man the measure of faith. See, God knows what you're going to do with the faith that he gives you. He's not going to give you overabundance of faith because he knows what, you're, he know, he knows what he's working with. We're in the Laodicean church era. We're a bunch of lukewarm Christians. There's nobody on fire for Jesus Christ in our time right now. There's nobody on fire for Jesus Christ. You know, and if you're on fire for the Lord, God bless you and go share the word with people because that, that energy is spreadable. So a measure of faith means that God knows what you're going to do with his faith when he gives it to you because it's not your faith. It's his faith in you. That resides in you. See, that's where the other Christians get it wrong. They think that they have to do something. No. God, it comes from God. God's putting faith in you to follow him. God's putting faith in you to read your Bible. God's putting faith in you to go to church. God's putting faith in you to restrain yourself. God's putting faith in you to discipline yourself in self-restraint, self-discipline, self-control. You understand now? God is in control of your life. You're along for the ride, but you have to do the tra- be not transformed, but the renewing of your mind. Provide, prove what is good and acceptable to God's will. You have that's your part. You got to do, but God's going to do the rest. For as we have many body parts in our body, and all body parts do not have the same function. Okay, now this is where he's going to get it. Talk about spiritual gifts. Each one of us all have spiritual gifts, and he's talking about the body of Christ like, okay, the body of Christ is the church, the Christians. You and me, the Christians that make up the body of Christ are the church. All of us function in different ways. You know, not everybody's a hand, not everybody's an eye, not everybody's a foot. Some people are a toe, you know, some people are an ear. You got it? Okay, so here we go. For as we have many body parts in our body, and all body parts not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every member of one another, having the gift differing according to grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Remember, he knows how much you're, what you're going to do with the faith. If you're going to be on fire, you're going to be sharing it, or you're just going to be a... You know, slow burner Christian that just you know shares the word every once in a while. And, yeah, yeah, here's a Bible. You know, did you read this gospel track, or or you don't do any of that? You know, because that's what I'm saying. He knows what you're going to do with the faith that he gives you. Or ministry. Ministry means service. Let us wait on our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching. So ministry means serving, providing, helping, serving somebody. And he says teaching. You know, let him teach. For he that exhorts and exhort on that he gives, let him do with simplicity. He that rules with diligence, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. So, you know, when you give mercy, be grateful. I mean, you know, don't be over there, hey, look at me. Don't post it on Facebook, you know. Don't boast. 
Let love be without uh, dissimulation or hypocrisy. Abhor which is evil, cling to which is good. Be kindly affected one to another with brotherly love and honor, perfecting one another. Preferring, preferring one another. Let me read that again. Being kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. So honor each other as Christians. He's talking about Christians. When he says brotherly love, you know, the Christians. But everybody, you know, treat everybody as they're your brother or your sister. Because you cannot distinguish a Christian from a lost when they're standing there and they don't open their mouth and they don't say nothing. You know, you don't know if Christ is in that person. That's what I'm saying. You can't judge that person by their outward appearance. They may be a Christian or not. You know, and that's why Christ says a lot of people say, but Lord, didn't I, pre- uh, didn't I do these things in, I, in your name? Didn't I save people? Didn't I do all this? And he goes, no, you never, I never knew you. You know, you never, when I was in prison, you never visited me. When I called, you never answered. And, you know, a lot of people are doing that. But that's what I'm saying. You, with the faith that's in you, that's what's driving you. Not this outward thing to be doing that just for good, you know, for to be shown on Facebook. But no, in your heart, if it comes truly from your heart, then you got no problem. So be kindly affected one to another in brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit and serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, continuing urgent in prayer. See, that's what it's, you know, rejoicing in hope. It doesn't matter what's happening to you in your life. There's a hope that there's coming a day where all this, will, you won't have to go through any of that. All this will be over, and you're, when you go into heaven, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. My, my, the heaven that I, that I have in my head is I, I, serve God with, I serve God in heaven with my full capacity. And so that's why I try to do it here on earth. If I'm doing the same thing here on earth, when I go to heaven, it ain't going to be a big shock to me. I'm going to be just continuing doing what I'm doing here, serving God in some capacity. Rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation. So when troubling, troubling times come, be patient because they end. Everything ends. Nothing lasts forever in this world. Everything's going to have an end date. Just be patient. Continue in an urgent in prayer. You know, pray always. That's what he's saying, praying always. You know, before I work, before I, if I go outside and I start cutting wood or building a cabinet or anything that I do, I ask God to, Lord, please give me the skill and ability to do the task I set before myself. Because I know that all knowledge, all skill, all talent comes from God. And if you want to have talent and skill and, and those type of things, you pray and ask God for those things, and God will bless you for those things. Because you can take those skills and talents that you have now in this world, and then when you die and you go to heaven, you'll take those skills and talents to honor and worship God with. That's why this, being a Christian is so amazing, because God answers prayers of Christians. And see, I didn't know how to do anything. I couldn't build anything. I had to have a friend build a closet while back when I was younger. But as the older self of my life, I can, there's, there's nothing I cannot build. There's nothing I cannot design. There's nothing that I cannot make. 
I, I work, I weld, I'm a welder. I work with wood. I work with plastic. I, I do the 3D printing. I did the woodworking with cabinet making and stuff like that. I used to, I'm a trained fabrication welder. I went to school for that at Yavapai College. So, you know, there's a lot of things in my life where are a blessing that it's just amazing. And see, when I die and I go to heaven, I'll have everything I'll need. Every tool I'll need, every, every tool will be in my shop. And this shop will be designed and set up for everything that I do will be built to glorify God in some, some way. That's what I'm saying. God has already shown me a piece of my heaven. I'm, I'm ready to go, you know. But it's better to have a long life. Just that way I can share everybody what I'm experiencing because this is what I'm experiencing in my life. God has opened, he's raised the curtain a little bit and showed me a peek of what life will be like. And I'm happy. I'm, I have no problem with that because I know that when I die, I go to heaven. Every fiber, every being of my, my existence will be to do one thing, serve God. And that's all I want to do. I hate my free will. I, I hate it. Okay, so let's get back to the Bible. Uh, distributing to the, to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Okay, this, verse 13, distributing the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Remember that the church was being... Uh, it, we are in the infancy of the church. There's no buildings. There's no place to gather to worship. They're just gathering at different places where they can uh, gather. And there's no, you know, sh uh, funds of any kind. So, you know, the church requires needs, just like today. You know, th when you get a group of people together, they're going to need food. They're going to need water, the facilities. So, so there's a need there. So always give to the churches, always give to the saints, and be hospitable to them. You know, open your doors to Christian people, ministries, missionaries. Open your doors, open your hearts, clothe them, feed them, house them, give them, you know, because they're Christians. Bless them which persecute you, and bless them and curse not. Because remember, I told you God's vengeance is more powerful than your vengeance. So your enemies, bless them. Don't curse them and, don't, you know, and bless your enemies and try not to have any enemies because it's going to be sad because I believe in my heart that we're, we're all going to stand before judgment. We're going to be judged, but I believe that we're going to judge the lost people of our lives. I believe that in my heart. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. I believe that from my Bible reading. I believe that we're going to judge the lost people in our lives so it's very important that you share the word of God with them. That way they can't bring accusation against you like, you never shared the word of God with me. You know, share the word of God with everybody that comes into, every lost person that you come into your life because you may stand in judgment on them as a Christian. So bless your enemies. Don't curse them. Bless them. And rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be compassionate. Be joyful. Share in the rewards. Share in the triumphs. Share in the defeats. When you see somebody defeated, go over there and cry with them, you know. Be compassionate. Get that compassion for your, just like if they're brothers and sisters. That's what he's saying. Be compassionate. Pull that compassion out of, your, out of yourself. Use it. It's in there. It's buried deep, you know. It, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Just go over there and put your arm around that person and say, what's wrong? You know, Christ is one day going to come over and put his arm around you and say, don't worry, brother, you did a good job. Don't worry, sister, you did a good job. I'm glad you're here. 
So use your compassion because whatever you loosen on the earth, you'll loosen in heaven. And whatever you restrain on the earth, you'll restrain in heaven. So don't restrain your compassion. Loosen your compassion for your brothers and sisters and love them. Be of the same mind one towards another. Mind not high things, but concede to men the lowest state. Be not wise of your own opinion. I'm not sure about that lowest state one. But the wise of opinion one, you know, that's what I'm saying. Don't be puffed up just because you're a Christian or you're, you think that you're better than everybody else because God has chosen you, because God has chosen you, place faith in your heart, and that's why you're listening to the podcast. Don't be like, oh, wow, I'm saved. I got nothing to worry about. Because pride can blind you and cause you to lose your way. It's you that rejects God, and it's you that loses your way. The path is always there. It's you that blinds yourself and you that lose the way to the path. It's not God. It's you. To uh, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. You know, don't pay anybody back evil for evil. You know, because that guy did you wrong. No, pray for that person. And remember, I told you, if you have a lot of bad people or evil people coming into your life or people stealing or people doing bad things to you in your life, Find out who they are and pray for them. Or ask God, to, you know, if you know, their, if you know their name, then pray for them. If you pray for bad people that come into your life, Satan will stop sending them to you. Because that's what he's doing. He's sending these bad people into your life to get you angry, upset, to create a reaction. But if your reaction to bad people or you know, hostile people is to pray for that person instantly that they find God, that they find the Word of God, and that God's placed faith in their heart, and that God saves that person, let me tell you, the devil will stop. He'll stop sending people to you because he knows that the minute he sends a bad person to you, you're going to instantly go into prayer for that person, and he doesn't want that. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool how you keep bad people out of your life? Just like that. It works. I don't have any bad people in my face. I don't have anybody in my face yelling at me or anything like that. I have bad neighbors, but I pray for them every day. And my bad neighbors, it seems to have put a cap on it. They're not that bad. But they they rise up every once in a while. i got to pray for them some more. But that's just how it goes. Pray for the bad people that come into your life. Don't recompense a man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of men. That's the word of God. If it's possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. That's what I'm saying. Love everybody. You can't, once you put loving as your first step with everything, you can't go wrong. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. That's what I'm telling you about. (laughs) There's no... Punishment that you could put on this person when God punishes somebody, it's eternal. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you shall heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcomers of evil, but overcome evil with good. See, that's what I'm saying. You know, love everybody because, see, that lost person that you're nice to, that treats you really bad, here's the deal. God didn't place faith in his heart. He placed it in your heart 
But if this man never accepts faith in his heart, he goes to hell. And when he goes to hell, he sees you in your heaven for eternity. He'll watch you enjoy your heaven for eternity because he chose not to. That's why the punishments of God are eternal. There's nothing that you can do to your enemy that's going to make them pay. Don't even think hateful things to them. Because, look, you were an enemy of God. You were evil in God's sight. You were just like the person you were thinking about right now in God's sight. How The hatred you have for that person, evil, the hatred, all that, the, the, the animosity, the, the disgust, you don't even want to be around that person. That's what your sin looks like to God. You're welcome. And that attitude that you have towards that person that you hate, the, the person that you hate the most in this world, Hate is murder. You're murdering that person when you think of them and you hate them and you, you're sitting there stabbing a knife through them in front of God. So that's what you're doing when you hate somebody. It's akin to murder. That's why I'm saying the first thing you have to remove is hate. There's nothing that somebody done you wrong that will cost you your salvation. Whatever they did to you, if, if they beat you, they hurt you, they stole from you, they did bad things to you behind the door they did awful things to you you know they they stole from you they you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter let it go let it go because if you let it go and you start a day anew you'll be a better person and you won't have this garbage that you're hanging on to because it's garbage that satan wants you to hang on to this old bad memories and all this garbage he wants you to have it. But I say, read your Bible, flush it out of your mind, renew your mind, cleanse your mind, become a new person. You can do this every single day. Start anew, start anew, start anew. It doesn't matter because every day is a new day. And you never know when you're going to make your last day. So start a new, start a new day every day. And eventually you'll have days, weeks, months behind you and look back and you'll have years of being a Christian. It's amazing, but if you don't start today and you don't start removing these things out of your life, you'll never know. And then your, your day will come where you'll draw your last breath, and then it'll be too late. But, you know, you don't have to be there. You don't. You've already listened to the podcast. If you made it this far, God has placed that seed of faith in your heart. You have watered this seed of faith with this chapter 12. And next time you come back, you'll water it again with chapter 13. You'll grow in grace and understand it. You'll remove sin and hatred and anger and animosity to your life. Your life will be better. And however old you are now, if you're 23, the 24-year-old the will be a lot better. The 25-year-old will be a lot better. And also, if you take $5 a month and set it out somewhere and hide it, or $10 or $20 when, as you do your Christian walk, watch the money grow. I'm serious. As you take and decide to be a Christian... Take whatever money out every day or every month or every week for your Christian walk and put it off to the side. So this is my Christian walk. And that will be a way to save money. And whenever you need a, a, a little bit of dough, you can reach into your little Christian walk saving and pull it out and save yourself. That's how you prepare your life. Prepare for the things that will come into life. So take a little bit of money, put it off to the side, for each month, as your Christian walk, as a reward, as your Christian walk. If you do a dollar a day, do a dollar a day. But save a little money. Save a little money. Put it back. 
That's your Christian's little savings account. And watch, as the days go by, the money will build up and you'll have a little savings. I, I, I like to give out little money advice every once in a while. Okay, hey, this week I got the call to action. Actually, this is the end of the podcast, so this week I got the call to action. Remember to come check out the podcast website, and if you need a prayer, sign up for the prayer list. Okay, here's a prayer of salvation. If you're lost and you want to join God's family, here's your chance to join God's family. Turn your life over from sin and evil. Turn to God, His Word, and the life God has made for you before the world was ever made. All right, if you're a lost person, you make this statement of faith right now. Give your life over to Christ if you choose to. I'm not saying do it now. I'm saying if God is placing it in your heart to turn your life over to Him, do it now and say this little prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I admit my sins separate me from you. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. God raised you from the dead. I choose today by faith to invite you to my heart to take control of my life, to be my Lord and Savior. I willingly choose to turn from sin to turn to you. Please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean. Help me now to live with you in heaven when I die. Change me and make me a new person. All this I say in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so uh, I also invite you to live stream church services at South Heights Baptist Church. The Facebook page link is in the description, so check out the Facebook for the South Heights Baptist Church. That's where I go to church. Pastor White is great. Okay, if you God has placed it on your heart to donate to the little, the little church at South Heights Baptist Church, there's a, cl- a link for a Tidely app in the donation box, so check that out. Okay, that's all I have today. Remember to say something nice to somebody you don't know because God said we are all strangers too and he loved us so. Your friend in Christ, Dave. Bye.